Today on the Ninja Podcast, we have Mike Johnson, former professional NHL player, where we ask him, which is better, which site is the best of all time, Corsica or HockeyStats.ca? How much does he squat? And potential rule changes. Featuring Dom, Loose Chicken, Talking Game Score, Degenerate Gambling, and Rap Music with Manny Perry. Let's roll. Welcome to the podcast. This is Greg Sinclair. We're joined with uh, Manny Perry and former NHL great superstar Mike Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, already we all our credibility is out the window as soon as that intro always goes down. <laughs> um, so I was I was sad to hear that uh, you weren't working with Sportsnet anymore, but I'm I'm glad you're working with uh, NHL Network and the uh, the Athletic. Can you tell us more about what you're working on right now? And uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, working down at the NHL Network, uh, you know, based out of New York, uh, doing the studio shows there. It's good, you know. It's uh, it's the, you cover a lot. You're around the league a lot. You get lots of access, which is fun. Um, you know, I do a radio show on the satellite radio as well at lunch occasionally, which is a little bit longer form, more time to talk, which is never a bad thing for me. And, uh, as far as the athletic goes, it was not my forte growing up, not in school. Uh, it's been a long time since I've written anything of consequence. So we'll see how that goes. It's a bit of a, you know, try something new, something I don't usually do. And we'll, we'll see how we do. Right on. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I liked listening to you because on a sports net for color. Cause you, you could analyze a play. Um, you you've played the game and you sounded like you enjoyed what you were doing. <laughs> I find, uh, a lot of the people that are on sports net, well, I've got, they've fired, uh, some of them, but, uh, so a lot of the people that used to be on, they didn't even sound like they enjoyed their job. And, uh, <laughs> so it, it's, anyone it's, specifically that, that you're talking about? Um, well, yeah, Glenn Haley, uh, mm-hmm. not, not very fun to listen to. Like I, I watch hockey to enjoy the game, not to get uh, berated for being a fan of the Leafs or uh, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, I did. Well, listen, calling games is fun. I mean, you're down, you're down between the benches. You're right where the action is. It's a, it's, it's about as close as you can get to, to hog to the game without playing in it. So it's, uh, if I enjoyed, if it came across like I was enjoying it, it's because I was. So yeah, that was, uh, it's, it's a fun, it's not, it's not even a real job. It's a, it's a fun thing to do though for, for a living. Yeah. I think it's Ray Ferraro's bio is the one that says I had the best job in the world. Now I have the second best job. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, Ray's got it all summed up succinctly. Uh, absolutely. No, it's <laughs> yeah. I'll second the fact that, you know, you you were my favorite uh, color commentator, and that's no disrespect to Ray Ferraro and uh, Noodles too is one of my favorites. But so it was it was unfortunate that uh, you're no longer doing that. But I'll look forward to uh, reading your stuff with the Athletic. So yeah, Mike, I think like the the big question that I wanted to ask you, and I think all of our listeners uh, are really eager to hear what you what you have to say, is which hockey stats website you prefer between Corsica and HockeyStats.ca. Um, I don't, I don't use hockeystats.ca that often. I got, you know, it's kind of more, it's more for like in-game stuff. Yeah. Right? That's all it is. So, yeah. So I usually when I was working, uh, when I'm calling a game, I don't, you know, I, I can't access it real time. So, um, so for me, for my purposes, um, I would use Corsica, um, for more, far more often than hockeystats.ca. Well, there you go. That, to everyone listening, that's that's <laughs> proof <laughs> from one of, one of the NHL players. <laughs> I'm just going to retire. <laughs> yeah. Right down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. No, but, you know, it's funny, though, because with the, you know, some of the ones that were, you know, more and I like different ones that were that were kind of more prominent and then they were shut down. It's kind of you got to be kind of on top of things just to. uh to follow along to, to, to find the, the most, uh, most recent ones, ones that are still working ones that are, you know, updated. Uh, yeah. Cause behind the net was up for, I don't know, 10 years. And I think it's yeah. down after this season or starting this mm-hmm. season, it's not up any anymore. It doesn't even, I don't think it's even up to date this season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's even, yeah, exactly. I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's got this year's stats on it. So yeah. But yeah. So I know, sorry for the hockey stats.ca, but yeah, it's, uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that, that brings me to another point, And that's, you know, one of the reasons I like listening to you is that you, 
you bridge the gap between someone that, you know, played the game and someone who appreciates all those things. And it seems like you're also open to new ideas, um, namely embracing, you know, using data and using stats. Um, so I think everyone understands that there's an advantage, um, uh, an advantage to having played the game. Um, but do you also think that in some cases, um, it might be a disadvantage in that you, you, you know, you succumb to all these biases that you might have on what you think is important from being a former player? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think anytime you're trying to understand just about anything, you know, the more information you can have while, while trying to get a handle on what's going on, the better. And, and that's kind of where my, my, my open-mindedness to, to try to understand the numbers and use them and, and apply them when, when it seems to make sense to me comes from, uh, and there are for sure some ingrained, um, stereotypes that you might, you might be, you might fall victim to if you played, um, you know, a lot of the cliches, um, the importance that you might've placed on things, um, that may not be true. Like, so example, I always thought when I played having a, a good centerman who was good at faceoffs was really, really important, really, uh, much easier. And so if I had a guy who was at 55% of the face off, it seemed like we had the puck way more, even though I think uh, when you look at the numbers and you kind of examine it a little more deeply, that that's probably not the case. Um, and yet, you know, that might be something that when I played, that would be probably an inherent bias that I would have um, because it felt like that when I played, even though it's, you know, that's probably wrong. Definitely are some things where you don't, nothing's built in if you have not played the game and it might just, keep your mind a little bit more open to whatever the numbers may tell you. Yeah. One of the things I remember you saying when you were calling a game was, I think there was a stage fight was like Frazier McLaren versus some other big tough guy. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that does nothing for me as a player. Mm -hmm. Uh, I took just a little bit of heat for that comment. Yes. Oh, really? (laughs) I thought it was, I just heard people saying that was cool to hear. Um, Can you tell about what things you would get would pump you up on the bench or, or would kind of shift the, the room or, uh, get you, right. get you going. Um, well, I mean, a, a not stage fight could get, like, I wasn't, I clearly not a big fighter and, and I would be less emotionally involved in, in just about any fight, but a fight where it was spontaneous or a guy who doesn't usually fight st- sticking up for, for a teammate or something like that, like that would kind of get you up off your feet and get you, you get you motivated a little bit, get you a little bit emotionally invested. Um, or like when I sat there on the bench, watching the game, good plays would get me going. Like when I would see my team make good plays and like, whether that's you know, executing a good breakout, whatever, like yeah. creating a chance for the neutral zone, like stuff you're trying to do when you see it done properly, like, yeah, okay. That's what we're trying to do. And that's kind of gets you jacked up. Uh, to go out there and try to do it yourself, uh, a big hit, whatever. Like it doesn't have to be just not, not physical things. I mean, it can certainly a big hit, um, certain kinds of fights, whatever can, can do it as well, but, um, more within the confines of the flow of the game to try when you see what you're trying to, to do, get done. Yeah. Um, that, that usually got me more involved than, than, you know, two guys that haven't been on the ice in 10 minutes and just, you know, haven't bumped into each other. There's nothing going on and they just get in the fight anyways. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So here's one. Um, you obviously, you follow a lot of, uh, bloggers, a lot of people that are, you know, maybe not part of the mainstream media, uh, but that are trying mm-hmm. to make it them these days seem to be, uh, statistically minded or inclined. Um, so if you could write a memo to all of these people and make one suggestion or one, say, say one thing about what you think they should incorporate in their analysis that, that maybe they're not currently. What I think would, ha- what I would like to see out of um, some of the stats based guys it, it, that would maybe help me personally, but also maybe help um, the conversation uh, might be, I would love to have um, an easier, cleaner understanding of good defensive players impacts. Um, especially forwards, um, like, you know, numbers that would, uh, that would make it a little easier to understand. I'd love to kind of understand 
little bit easier the correlation between face-offs and successful play because it's amazing how much focus you hear hockey mainstream hockey people talk about face-offs on a broadcast you hear broadcast broadcast are huge but like like you talk to coaches like the very best coaches there are and they talk a lot about the need for good face-off guys and how important it is for their players to be able to be good and you and then you think about it logically what's the difference between a good face-off guy and a bad face-off guy 55 to 45 and if they take 20 face-offs a night you're talking about a difference of two yeah but you know for whatever reason that hasn't quite been adequately adequately explained or hasn't got the traction that it probably deserves um and maybe also the impacts of both your teammates and your opponents so i've read different things about how the kind of quality of your competition can sometimes be a wash you know over the course of a year you you know you, you kind of play against everyone and it's all it, it doesn't matter that much but again when i played it felt like it really did matter. Like when, when you felt when the years I was on the first line, it felt like my job was much tougher than the years I was on my third, when I was on the third line, because you know, you're playing against checkers and all those other obvious reasons. So um, maybe th- those, uh, some of those kind of things might be, uh, I, you know, if there was an easier way for it to be relayed, understood numerically or to be explained, uh, I would appreciate that. Yeah, I think when it comes to defensive impact, uh, we're not even decided on the best way to to describe that ourselves. So it's not yeah, a safe percentage. I thought we agreed on that. It's yeah, not well, plus I, minus. It's not, it's not plus minus. Sure, <laughs> uh, but again, we we, la- we we laugh at it now. But when I played, like we cared about plus minus. Like it it, yeah. it seemed like it was important. I mean, we obviously didn't know any better. We were naive to it, but we. <sighs> We, we cared about it. And like the guys who were bad took heat from the, from the, the room oh, really? and the guys that were good, um, you know, would get credit and like, would feel good about themselves and were perceived as, as better defensive players. Like I generally, my plus minus was pretty good. So I'm like, gosh, I hope I was a good defensive player. I thought I was, but maybe, maybe I wasn't, I don't know. And that's, I think that's, that's what, you, actually. you know what, listen, you know what you want, you want, you want to know what I want? I want um, someone to go through the archives and come up with these numbers from the time I started playing. So I want to know what <laughs> my numbers would have been when I played, when I was good. I think they only existed one year, my last year, and I was terrible. My numbers are terrible and they're <laughs> embarrassingly bad. Um, so yeah. I'd like to see that when I was maybe playing a little bit better, what they might be. Right on. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think, unfortunately, we'd have to track those games because the records aren't uh, yeah. complete. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's not one, not something you can do. That would be a massive undertaking, and I don't know if anyone's willing to bankroll the time or money that it would take to pull that. It would have to be you, I think. (laughs) So (laughs) then it won't get done, is what you're saying. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you want to fund a project whereby we find out how good you were, then it's going to cost you. There's no upside for me now, though, because I think I was pretty good. So I can either confirm what I already think to be true, or have my bubble burst and and find out that I'm really not nearly what I thought I am. True. And I'm not getting paid if I find out I was really good. So that's not helping <laughs> either. Yeah. Uh, so I actually just got back from the gym before this. And okay. I think I've asked you this on Twitter before. Um, <laughs> and so before I get to that question, I was looking at Taylor Hall's tweet mm-hmm. from, I think, yesterday. He's on the beach or whatever with a nice uh, looking friend. Yep. And but he looks so skinny and his arms are like twigs and, mm-hmm. and no, I know he's a strong guy. He's like probably the best, second best player in the world. I'm sure he could beat Wait, me up, but he looks, he looks like he couldn't like right. press bar. Right. Yeah. Um, is that just a hockey training thing or is that like, uh, as also like the Sedins yep. don't have that. <laughs> yeah, no. But if you were to look at them, like, waist like you know their lower bodies are, are very much strong and developed thick. and thick and like Sidney crosby like you know <laughs> like they're all you can you can see where their strength comes from um mm-hmm. like when i played back in the day when i was training in college like we would basically work out with the football team like we would do bench press and hand cleans and we would do squats and you know major just kind of basic non-sport specific exercises um, but right. guys, guys don't do that. And, and, and they don't worry about like the beach body. They don't worry about like looking good. It's just about making themselves as strong as possible for, for, to play. So, um, 
So while Taylor might not look like he could uh, bench press a lot, I'm sure he's quite, uh, he's more than strong enough. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So like when you, what, how strong would you, if you could put a number on how much these guys can squat or you could squat at the time, could you, do you think you? Yeah. Now you're going to go back 20 years when I graduated from university. That's probably when I was as strong as I ever was in the weight room was when I graduated university because it was just such a, you know, American football focused kind of attitude about just like pushing the weight around. So I think our max squat test, we had to do like five times as much, as much weight as we could. And I did like 435 pounds or something like that. So it's pretty darn, pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. Strong. And then bench press, um, same thing five times. I think I did 315 or 320 or something like that. Yeah. Holy shit. That's but I, a ton. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that, but you got my first year, my freshman year, when we did our testing five times, yeah. I did one, I did one fifty-five four times. Right. So it, it, I came a long way in four years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing too, with the combine is that they're, they're just kids when uh, yes. they're doing it. And yeah. but then there's like Sam Bennett, they couldn't do one pull up, which mm-hmm. is, I don't know how he could be a professional athlete and not <laughs> be able yeah. to do one pull up. But I guess yeah. you just really focus on your legs and your core and not pulling. I mean, it was at the end of his workout too. Like I, I, I feel that it's. Oh yeah. Listen, he put a gun to his head, throw a pull bar in front of him. He's gonna be able to do five pull ups. I mean, he just, I don't know, maybe he was injured, maybe he was tired, whatever. But yeah, I mean, he played in the NHL as a teenager. Yeah. So exactly. you know, like he's, uh, you know, strength maybe not a a strength for him, but it's, you know, it can't be that much of a weakness to play at his age. So yeah, that was, um, quite a story, but you know, there's lots of, lots of guys, uh, Kyle Wellwood. Yeah. Fam- famous oh, quote. Apparently when he was at the, when he was at the combine, <laughs> he's like, can you bench press whatever? He's like, I can't bench press that, but I can score 50. So which one do you want? You know, that, that, <laughs> that kind of attitude I, I can play. So, um, I'm not really that concerned about how much, uh, how much weight I can push. Yeah. That's kind of like the Phil Kessel, uh, physique <laughs> where he's like probably this most one of the most gifted athletes on your team but he's yeah he doesn't well, he, look at he would have had yeah he, he did yeah he doesn't look you don't look at that guy in street clothes or in the room you're like oh there's a professional athlete yeah <laughs> that's but but then he plays whatever 500 games in a row never gets hurt yeah. one of the fastest skaters to shoot the puck better than anyone so he's clearly got something going isn't, isn't that what makes him gifted though is the fact that you know yeah that, that he can do it without just, in you know investing that much work <laughs> into it like yeah, he obviously works out i'm not saying he doesn't work out he does but he clearly doesn't watch his diet he doesn't have a nutritionist he doesn't <laughs> you know he's not to that level yeah um and he's still really really good yeah exactly and maybe there is an advantage to having a bit of extra weight on the ice you can't get pushed as easily Listen, everybody's body's got to carry like everyone's body's differently so yeah like some guys probably it's better to be five, seven pounds heavier. Some guys better be five, seven pounds lighter. It just depends on, on your frame and and, and how you play. 55, right? Bufflin. Yeah. He, he plays at like 255 at least. I I think that's, I think that's generous. Like, I think there's times he plays like 20 pounds heavier. Oh, generous. Uh, in the sense that he he weighs more. Yeah. You're, you're underselling it. Like you see that guy and you're like, that guy's gotta be 270 pounds. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm just going off of what, what I think I remember here. Yeah. In yeah. the offseason, that goes up to the threes, I think. Easy. E- easily. <laughs> easily. And yet he's an amazing skater. Yeah. yeah really, no. for, for a guy that big, like not only is he fast, but he's quick, which, you know, boggles your mind. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the last thing I wanted to get to is, um, especially with, uh, we're recording this the day after a, a, the, the big offside review in the yes. Minnesota Chicago game. And a lot of people are yep. talking about, uh, about rules and, you know, throughout the season and going back a few seasons now, we've been talking about, you know, how to increase scoring. And now this, you know, we're second guessing the whole review process. Um, mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do is pitch to you a few uh, rule changes, and then you can tell me what you think of them. So some of them are, are pretty basic. Some of them are a bit more out there. Um, and yep. you being in, in a position of having played, but also someone who is a fan and who, who enjoys watching the game, 
are these things that you would like to implement? Sure. Hit me. Um, we're going to start off easy with the simple stuff. Um, and I'm not the first, I didn't come up with this, but a lot of people are starting to suggest to just take out the offside rule altogether. Are you for or against that? Taking out offsides period. Yes. Um, I am. I, I think I'm against that right now. I have to wrap my head around trying to figure out all that that would impact, but it would just be such a seismic shift in like strategy and the way the game is played. Uh, now you could say the same as for taking out the red line, but maybe not to the same extent because of the proximity of the goal that you could play. And they're, it's creative. It's aggressive. And this is your easy one. I'm not so sure, but I, I it seems like a very, um, you know, it'd be such a, the game would be not even look the same, which I'm always, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm a little hesitant to, to jump that far as a, something that would make sense. Okay. That's fair. Wait till you hear my next ones then. All right. <laughs> um, so th this one is actually a bit of a variation on that. And this is my sort of, I guess you can call it a compromise. And that's, um, to disallow chip-in plays. And the way that would work is you have to have possession of the puck whenever, whenever you dump the puck into the offensive zone. And if you don't previously have possession, then icing rules apply. So you need to beat the icing. So you mean like the long stretch pass for the tip-in is no longer legal? That'd be an icing. Last player to send the puck into the offensive zone from anywhere yeah. needs yeah. to have control. The way, the way that... Uh, referees deem possession for, um, right. For penalties. Uh, or penalties. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think. So you, you can't, so if I'm skating with the puck at the defenseman, I'm not allowed to shoot it past them and go get it. No, you can dump the puck in if you had possession. Yeah. Okay. So I have to possess um, it before I dump it. Okay. I understand what you're saying. So I can't. Okay. Um, Okay. I mean, I, I like the idea behind it because it would create more turnovers and force people to handle the puck. But I think you would just get a lot of people instead of just doing the hard pass and chip, you just get one handle and dump. Like, I don't know if it would be as uh, significant a change as you might assume. I don't know if it would have that. Kind of, I think the teams would just react and figure it out. But um, yeah. <sighs> That's a thing. I, a lot I, of rule changes. I, I, yeah, like, yeah uh, exactly. A lot of unintended consequences, and also teams are pretty good at figuring out ways to get around yeah. them. Coach is really smart. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess the whole. I'm all behind 100. percent Anything that forces guys to try to make more plays and better plays and put the onus on skill plays and and kind of that just shoot it away mentality. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm okay with the idea. I just don't know how much of an impact it would really have. Okay, not a straight up no. That's an improvement, I would say. <laughs> um, the next one, I just came up with today. Okay. Preparation for, for you know, having your ear. Um, so this one is that you would not be allowed to replace a broken stick until the next stoppage. And let me finish. <laughs> you can come off the ice, but the player that comes on the ice can't have a stick. You're limited to the number of right. So, right. So you're not like you can't change. You just can't bring a new stick on the ice. So if you get down to four sticks, you have to play with four sticks until there's a whistle. Yep. And you can switch that stick around or any stick around, but until the whistle, that broken stick, you're, you're down a stick. Mm -hmm. That there seems to be a little bit of <laughs> luck and unfairness involved in that. Cause your stick can break for a lot of different reasons. But, um, again, promoting offense, promoting, um, advantage to the guys with the puck or you know the team not playing defense I, I don't love that one i'm not gonna lie i don't love that one um, um it seems like it's a little too penal um because and then then again you start okay what would teams do as soon as someone breaks a stick they'd ice it right yeah. and they don't care about the, they don't care about the icing because they, they'll take the whistle to get a stick out there exactly. which i don't think you really want to have happen either what if you could play with a broken stick like ring at or yeah in some ways like i wonder why you, like i guess it's i guess it's for safety that you can't so you don't like spear yeah. someone with shards of fiberglass okay. i guess yeah. is the idea but generally speaking i mean like it's not that dangerous yeah like it's probably less dangerous than a fully intact stick so 
Um, <laughs> uh, they're always dangerous. But, yeah. And, and the only other thing that if you did that though, if that was a rule, you would see wood sticks come back because they don't break. Yeah. You'd see the last, you got to leave the last four minutes of game. No one would use a one piece. Everyone use a wood stick cause they won't break. Yeah. Okay. So not my, not my best idea. Um, <laughs> that, that's, that's out of the box thinking, but, uh, I, I don't know what the, I don't know about that one. Okay. So I'm going to redeem myself with this last one. All right. Um, People have brought up the idea of a three-point line, not necessarily three mm-hmm. points, but a line behind which if you shoot and score, you get presumably more points for that goal. Now, I'm yeah. not suggesting a three-point line, although if you want to give your thoughts on Would that. Would it have to be a whole number? It has to be a two, it'd have to be at least two then? I mean, it can't be one and a half, like you do half numbers now. I don't know how it would work. I think we would introduce a different point system entirely, which I think could be interesting. But my variation of the three-point line is extra points for going off the post and in. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, but so it's not a distant thing. Any shot that hits the post, that's worth extra points? Yeah. So you need to snipe the post and in, right? What's the risk-reward? It's a terrible It's a ter- It's a terrible <laughs> It's a terrible rule. Like that's that might be your worst one. But first, first of all, hitting the post is not even a good shot, for, and that's not where you're supposed to shoot. And the way goalies play now, like the better shots to score are not even supposed to go off the post. And then what if it's an you know if you have a two on one, you're just trying to hit post down the way in. And you're, I don't know. That's I don't I don't know about that at all. I don't I yeah. yeah I don't know I don't know about that one that was uh, um yeah no I don't like that one I don't like that one I, I don't mind the idea of like creative scoring I don't mind a different point standings like I'm open to a lot of different ideas but yeah I have a hard time wrapping my head around that one okay I'm I'm not gonna get discouraged I'm gonna keep keep pushing that. Keep fighting that fight. Keep pushing, pushing the post for extra points. Yeah. In uh, in ten years, in ten years, it's going to be uh, a new rule. I'll come back on, and the score of the game will be six and three quarters to five and a half. Because <laughs> what what do you get if you hit the post, the crossbar, and go in, or go post, post, and in? And multiplies time. You, you it's like a five pointer exponential yeah. growth. What are we doing? Yeah. It's like catching the snitch in Harry Potter. <laughs> The game ends and you're yeah, game's over. <laughs> I'm too old for my, my kids watch Harry Potter. I don't watch that stuff. Okay. <laughs> I think that's it for us. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, no worries. Sorry about the disjointed hanging up there. Sorry about that. Uh, no worries. That's okay. All right. Cool. cool. At least, good? Uh, I, got, I got one idea in there that you didn't dismiss altogether. <laughs> it's completely shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I. I yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Keep thinking. Keep coming up with them. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. I wasn't, uh, very few things I'm actually in favor of, but the, the chicken one is the only one that I actually like. But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, boys. Beautiful morning. Get a sun in my morning, babe. This and um, OMG, it stole me. <laughs> and as he's known on Twitter, one of my my favorite people to follow on Twitter is generally funny and happy. The only time I've seen you pissed off was when uh, Kanye had his beef with Taylor Swift, <laughs> and uh, you were you were really ticked off. Uh, do you have anything to add about that? Um. I don't understand how you see me as happy. <laughs> I think that was the most confusing thing because I feel like I'm not generally happy. And maybe it just comes across as not shouting. I don't know. Or maybe funny. I, maybe because it's all lowercase. That might be why. I'm not sure. I can't uh, read your tone online, yeah. I guess. Um, just picture everything being actually very sad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The Kanye, actually, the Kanye Toso thing, I feel I was actually thrilled because <laughs> I had faith in him 
and what he was saying was the truth and that Taylor Swift was a snake woman and I wasn't mad. So when those videos came out, I was I felt vindicated, I guess. Is that know me best? I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. God damn. I made that bitch famous. Right. I hate both of them, so I, I was <laughs> sort of hoping they would just tear each other apart. That would be fun to watch. I'm uh, definitely on Team Swift. Uh, I think Kanye has got a couple good songs, but Taylor Swift, her whole uh, repertoire is amazing. I think we all three of us can agree that neither of those people are good musicians, right? Don't? Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're both, they both have good producers working for them to write their songs. And <laughs> Kanye is the most overrated musician, I think. Although, I mean, Kanye is a producer, so but I he, yeah. quit this podcast. <laughs> 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 All right. Now that we've started on a terrible foot, um, <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me in uh, layman's terms about game score? Uh, basically, uh, there's a lot of stats out there that we all think are important. So uh, instead of just randomly saying, oh, this guy scored, this guy had a good core C, I guess he had a good game. I want to, I guess, put a weight on those terms and how good we should think that game is based on the box score stats we are already thinking about. Is it kind of like a, almost a war kind of metric? Uh, in the sense that it's trying to get value, yes, but not really because there's like, it sort of ignores a lot of contextual things. Like for individual games, I don't score just, I don't adjust for teammates, competition, all that stuff. And those things would matter in a war stat. Right. So what's interesting about game score and one of the things I like about it is that it's scaled in such a way that the, the output is intuitive because it's, it's similar to uh, points, which everyone is familiar with, right? If you have mm -hmm. two points in a game, then, then people generally have an idea of how good that is. Uh, the difference is that you can get negative game score, which is always funny when it happens. Cause that's, <laughs> You know, if your average game score is negative, then uh, you're pretty bad. Um, what do you do? You know, off the top of your head, what percentage of players have a negative, like total game score, and you know, who some of the worst players are in terms of that? Um, off the top of my head, not really. It's a very, very low percentage. Like even some of the worst players last year had, like, slightly positive, but like there i think it was i think jared bowl last year was negative <laughs> and basically anytime one of my favorites one of my all-time favorites he's he's so bad i think he's worse than tanner glass and that's like <laughs> saying a lot saying so, like we should have a new tanner glass scale and it should be the jared bowl scale he's that bad <laughs> <laughs> like just anytime i see a negative game score because it's supposed to be scaled to points if it's negative my assumption is that you help the other team score points. That's my, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Yeah. So how do you get a, a negative game score? Um, do absolutely nothing and get caved in on defense usually is the way to go. Right. So if you're like a minus five Corsi and you didn't get any shots, points, you weren't on for any goals, you had a negative game score. Right. You sucked. That was it. You yeah. didn't help. <laughs> So have you found uh, it's uh, predictive or it's uh, valid? Like it, it makes sense intuitively. If you look at it like on a macro scale, though, does it like help for like the whole season or has it helped you with uh, betting as well? Well, my initial reason I made it was for descriptive purposes. And then when I was checking to see if it was good or not, because my assumption was a player with a lot of good games would be a good player. Once that came through, I figured maybe it could be predictive. So I've been using it for uh, modeling this year because I've been into betting for a while now. And it's done pretty well. Well, it started really, really, really well. And then it sort of fell off the map around December, then sort of picked back up again lately. So like, it's still profitable. So I would assume it's 
fairly predictive, but I don't have the competency to back test it to tell you for sure. Okay. So for the year, how much money have you lost or, or made? <laughs> or can you talk about that? Um, I think my return on investment was around, I think seven or 8%. It was like 17% for the first two months. And I'm like, I was thinking like, this could be a career. I can just live <laughs> off betting for the rest of my life. And then that sudden like downward spiral where you're just losing money like every day and <laughs> regress to the mean was a swift kick in the balls for reality of hockey betting. That's when sad dumb comes into play. That was when <laughs> I saw that transition start. Yeah, once you... Happy Dom and Sad Dom definitely depends on whether I picked good games that day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, my brother's really into betting. So he's betting on hockey, football, probably even like dumb sports as well. But <laughs> um, it, it's so much... seems like a lot of work and a lot of stress. And like, I don't like losing $20 playing blackjack like at a casino or even like playing poker. Uh, I don't think I'm I'm built for it. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not fun. If you want to have fun, don't bet on hockey because there'll be some great days, but they'll be mitigated by all the absolute shit days. I mean, it, it can, it can be really stressful. And I think one of the things that I do enjoy about betting is that it gives you, uh, an emotional investment in games that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have as much interest in. Um, but even, even if you're betting like a, a small amount of money, um, if you're betting on like shit, uh, Florida versus the Islanders and otherwise you wouldn't really care about that game. Yeah. Or at least like it gives you an emotional investment that you don't have if you're not a fan of those teams. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Um, flyers Twitter seems to think that I'm a flyers fan now <laughs> at this point because of how many times I've emotionally invested myself in that team. I'm watching them right now. I'm watching the Flyers right now, so if I start yelling, it'll probably be because San Jose scored. I'm watching Ottawa right now, and Ottawa just scored. That's not ideal for the Thule fans in this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, last night I I put a medium-sized bet on the Lightning, and I think that makes it like the 100th time this season that I bet on an underdog, and then they went to overtime. And I was like, oh, that's good. They were like minus 140, or I mean, plus 140. Um, so the fact that they're in overtime, you know, if it's a coin flip, that's, you know. And I, I always get optimistic, and I don't think I've won a single shootout <laughs> this year when I've bet on it. And I'm sure there's some. In the shootout. It's the worst possible way. There's definitely some. I remember when I was hot in the beginning, it seemed like I couldn't lose a shootout. And I knew that some bad things were about to happen to me. And that's sort of been the case lately. I was, I bet on Tampa Bay two yesterday and it's always nice to have the, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So San Jose just scored as I promised I would yell. Um, yeah, I've, it's the worst when it's like a huge dog, like Arizona and Mm -hmm. it's like plus two fifty, and they somehow scrap their way into shootout get out shot like, it feels like found money right sorry it feels like found money at that it point feels like it like you were almost correct but you weren't and now you <laughs> lost money uh yeah i like how people think uh because your algorithm rates a team low that you're biased against them like you put the time into the code to be like if team equals uh ottawa <laughs> score them lower or something like that that's actually built into everything on corsica <laughs> <laughs> i mean you wouldn't be wrong a lot of the time <laughs> yeah it's really strange how many people will at me that i hate their team i'm yeah. sure a lot of stats people get that i don't hate well i do hate some teams but i don't build models based on them Although I guess if you knew a team was bad at the start of the year, you could kind of bias your model towards that. That's a uh, Bayesian <laughs> approach. <laughs> well, what teams do you hate? What teams do I hate? Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
Toronto fan, so you got to hate Montreal. You got to hate Boston. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't really hate Ottawa for all the joyous occasions they provided me through my childhood. <laughs> There's not much <laughs> hatred there. Um, I feel like it's a one-sided street. Like, I honestly, I hope Ottawa makes the playoffs this year. I really do, because I don't want the Leafs to play Boston. Yeah. They, they would lose. I think they have a pretty good chance against Ottawa. I don't think they would do as well against Boston. Um, other teams I hate. Um, Vancouver? I don't know, because I, like, I, I think it'd be cool to live in Vancouver, so I don't really hate them either. That would be expensive and cool to live there. It would there. be really expensive, yeah. But, like, I've been there a couple times, and I really love uh, just the city in general and all, I guess, the landscapes there, because in Toronto, you don't really have any mountains or oceans. Oh, yeah, it's so scenic. Like, like, you can look mm-hmm. one direction, and you've got the ocean and the bay, and then the other way is, like, mountains, and then they don't hardly get winter except for this year. And uh, yeah. It doesn't go like below minus anything. It's a wonderful place. <laughs> I think the two teams I hate are Arizona, just because of who's on that team. Mm-hmm. Like so many players on that team that are unlikable people. <laughs> uh, like fucking Mike Smith is the worst. Like Shane I don't know if it's just me, but I hate Mike Smith like more than anyone. Just because he's uh, overrated. No, he's a piece of shit, and he's just, like, so obnoxious. <laughs> like, everything he does, his fucking body language, and, yeah. like, oh, he's such a fucking loser. <laughs> uh, Isn't he the guy that fakes, uh, like, getting hit a lot? Yeah, man. And, he, and then he, like, pretends like he's going to fight someone yeah. with all of his gear, and then everyone comes to his aid, and he's just, like... Hold me back. <laughs> I'm angry. Hold me back, bro. Let me How back. many Arizona games are you watching that you know all these Mike Smith intimate facts? <laughs> too many. I mean, like, one is too many, but... Oh, uh, man. Um, the other team is Montreal because, for some reason, it seems like 90% of the games that I've seen where they play are either called by Bob Cole or um, Romanuk, and I hate both of those guys. Mm-hmm. So it's like this Latvian thing where, like, as soon as I see the Canadians like Jersey, I think of like Bob Cole or Paul Romanuk making a bad goal call. And it's just like, makes me sick. <laughs> I like, I like Bob Cole. I think he's got a good voice. He seems like he's having fun. I like it. Doing a great job. <laughs> Is, he's doing a bad job. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> like he, He's unequivocally bad at his job. You know what I mean? Like, I understand the nostalgia, but like, yeah, all nostalgia. Really. Not good. I haven't heard him since maybe a playoff series a couple of years ago, but that's probably where the nostalgia is for a lot of Leaf fans. Because when the Leafs were actually good at one point in their lives, Bob Cole was the main guy calling those games. Mm. So I don't, I personally don't hate Bob Cole. But that's because the last time. I really knew Bob Cole was announcing it was when Sundin was scoring OT winners in overtime against the Sens. Yeah. Good times. I just want to update that San Jose's goal got reversed and now I'm back to happy Dom. <laughs> All right. Through a question about this challenge. I'm not even sure what happened, but it got overturned. So our guest today is Dom, Dominic Loose Chicken, <laughs> uh, the happy version. That's not um, even close. No, it's, <laughs> it's loose chishin, right? It's loose chishin. Loose chishin. That's what I said. Loose chicken. <laughs> we have loose chicken on the line. Uh, previously, we had Mike Johnson, and I pitched to him a bunch of uh, proposals for rule changes, and he hated all of them. <laughs> Seem to get more and more like squirmy as <laughs> your ideas got kind of dumber and dumber. I'm actually like concerned that he he doesn't like me at this point. He thinks <laughs> I'm a fucking loser. Like, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one of those ideas and then see if I can get um, a better response from you. All right? Oh man! Do you guys hear my dog howling? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was you. No, that's not <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, Dom really doesn't want to do this. 
<laughs> okay. Um, this was the last one that I pitched. I think it's the most crazy. Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna. She's just gonna lick my hand now while I talk, and that shuts her up usually. Okay. okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. So you've you've heard people propose the uh, the three point line in hockey, right? Yeah. Well, two goal line, but same. same yeah. Way. Yeah. In principle. Um. So what I like about that is is the point system, right? Where like not every goal is is worth the same amount of points. I think that introduces a new idea and, and makes things a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of a two two point line, the idea would be that you get extra points if the puck goes off the post and in. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking wild for this one. <laughs> I can tell that you like it already. So I'm not sure, but like I feel like it's interesting, but I feel like it's also gimmicky because you're giving you're basically giving style points for goals on whether they go far <laughs> yeah. down or not. <laughs> like if you yeah. pitch this to like any like hockey bro, they'd be like, Yeah, I definitely want extra points for going bar D. So I feel like just based on that, like it's a bad idea. <laughs> what if you uh yeah, extra points for 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 the sauce. For the nifty mittens. Yeah, if you get like if you dangle three players, that's four extra points. You get an extra point for every <laughs> player you dangle on your way there. But it has Hockey to be like bro culture is the fucking worst, man. Like I can't I can't handle that shit. <laughs> Have you seen anyway, the so, letter so, Kenny? You boys want to go wheel some snipes after Pracky? Wheel snipe Sally, boys. Dirty fucking dangles, boys. I'm married, you little bitch. I love my wife like I love doing legs. Oh, light bulbs don't work in the scoreboard, eh, bud? A uh, quiet night in the red light district, 1-9. You think you can just walk into this league and start chirping? No, you roll, pheasants. You had a cup of coffee. Your seat fillers at the Aspies. Your tiger's caddy now that nobody gives a shit. Give your balls a tug, you tit fucker. like it. That makes it one, you know, one out of two. Dom likes it. Mike Johnson didn't like it. <laughs> I kind of liked it. I don't know if I'll go all the way, but I'm, I don't hate it. I'll give you that. Well, it's, it's on record, so you can't take it back now. <laughs> all right. Hit me with one of your other rules. <laughs> um, shit. What were they? Uh, Which one was the one Johnson hated the most? The one he hated the most, he actually had a fair point that I didn't consider. And it was, you know, my proposal was if you break your stick, you're down a stick until the next stoppage. So what that means is that you can't go to the bench and get a new stick. Um, you can sub off, so you can go off the ice and someone else can replace you, but that player can't have a stick. <laughs> that just seems cruel. <laughs> what, was the, what was the thing he said that you did not consider? He would just ice the puck once they got... Yeah. The, yeah. That would, yeah. Um, which... Like, I didn't anticipate that. I guess I didn't think it through. But the more I think about it, like, <laughs> this is only a desirable, like, situation that would, like, create excitement if the other team has possession anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, where it's, like, a, it's almost like a delayed penalty, you know? Like, I guess they just create too many stoppages for a game that's already slowing down with these bullshit coaches' challenges, like, once every game for some reason. Do you guys hate the coaches' challenge? Or have an opinion on it? I hate when it's just the most minuscule thing that's not even in the spirit of the rule. And they're debating it for like 20 minutes. If you need that, like there should be a time limit. If you need that long to debate it, just go with what you thought with your gut. I don't like the offside one. I think that like, there's already so much ambiguity in like, um, what the refs are calling, what the linesmen do. Mm -hmm. That like, to a certain extent, you need to like factor that into what the sport is right like you have humans on the ice skating around like making judgment calls yeah and like there's the famous ones where the guy's toe was like a millimeter mm-hmm. behind the blue line and yeah that's the thing it's like and that guy might not even have been in part of the play it's just there needs to be a margin of you know fluidity and you know, I don't think yeah they should that. just have people at nhl head offices reviewing each goal and being like if it was egregious they'll call it back and if it wasn't then just play on 
Or they can just take offsides out entirely. That'd be cool too. That, that was another thing I pitched to, to Mike. Yeah. What do you say about that? He didn't like it. <sighs> Damn it. He didn't like any of them. Why did he say he didn't like off, no offsides? It was too drastic of a change to the we game. We need a drastic change because you can't get what you can't get the results you want with some ticky tacky slim the goalie pants down type change. You need a, <laughs> yeah, you, you you need a gotta, big change. You don't gotta convince me. I, I'm the one that was pitching these. Mike hates me now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he hates you. I'm pretty sure he does. You weren't you weren't there. Maybe it's uh, a little awkward. <laughs> I got kind of starstruck or something and basically couldn't talk. My words didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a really bad recording session. Yeah. Not like this. You, um, this great. you were referencing that Connor McDavid picture. Yeah. And twice you, you said it was Taylor Hall. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just. I tried. I tried saying like, "Hey, do you mean Connor McDavid?" And I, neither of you heard me when I said that. <laughs> oh dear. So, what do you guys think of Steve Simmons? <laughs> Man, I was out last night and I saw your tweets. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> Yo, who the, fuck? the one of the guy. Shit, what did he say? Something about Steve Simmons spanking me. <laughs> Do you ever just get tweets and you read them and you just think, why did you do this to yourself? I don't understand. That's how I felt about the spanking tweet. I don't know why he said any of those things. So Dan sports fan said, and Simmons, Steve just spanked many elk, bad boy, spank, bad, bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) And like, yo, you know, when you, you wake up and you're like hungover and you're still sort of drunk from the last night and you're like, shit, what happened last night? And then you look at your phone and that's the first thing you see. <laughs> <laughs> like shit. Shit was wild last night. <laughs> well, he's going to be canceling his subscription to the athletic. So you lose out. That is bad news for me. I'm losing out on uh, whatever percentage of subscriptions I get. Apparently. I'm pretty sure that drove subscription sales from the anti Simmons demographic. <laughs> how much uh how much do you make um not enough still live with my parents so that should tell you everything you need to know about how profitable being a hockey writer is in the you're living a stereotypical like blogger lifestyle hmm? i do i'm the blogger stereotype except that i don't live in a basement i live on the third floor i'm oh, That's like a that's like a penthouse for blogger standards. Pretty much, right? Like that's how I take it. I'm I'll move out this year. I feel like I'm almost there. You're just yeah. saving up. It's a wise investment strategy. Live with your parents till you're 35. You Got to make better bets. I do. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, so, what are you going to be doing for the athletic? Uh, well, I have the Monday column that I always do, and now I uh, I have the player ratings. The every player feature that they have where I basically watch the game and then I write a sentence or two about what I thought of the player that game and what I've learned from that is some valuable eye test lessons in which that it's very hard to get a read on 19 different players every single game yeah you mean impossible like I get to the end and I'm like I don't even fucking remember what you what you did this game and I literally write that. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this guy did. So you're the two. Yeah. That's why when people, when people argue that you just need to watch the games, you know, like it's tough. Like if it's I, not that easy. it's not easy at all. Like I'm happy that I created a stat to tell me how good these players were. Cause I'd be lost doing this job without it. Probably. Yeah. That's the thing. Like people say, someone say covers the Sabres. Like, well, I watched every game. Well, big deal. Like he, you're not gonna remember what happened two weeks ago. And what makes you a fucking expert anyway? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like everyone thinks they're a fucking scout these days. Yeah, I'm terrible at breaking down plays or seeing what happened. It's it's just not a skill I have. I think some people definitely do have that skill, but not me. And no one has that skill for all however many people are in the league. Six hundred. 
players, it's it's impossible. That's why you need these stats. It's always with the guys that we hate. It's always like you just need to watch the games. Like we talk about Buffalo and the amount of people who absolutely love Rasmus Ristolainen is incredible. It's almost like they see the hatred that the numbers folks spew and then they go to the exact opposite side and say, no, he's actually one of the best defensemen in the league. Um, I got to go to some games thanks to the Hockey News and I picked Buffalo last month because I wanted to watch Rasmus versus line. That was one of the reasons along with, I guess, seeing Eichel versus Matthews and Matthews dominating him. But I want to see Ristolainen and I watched him a lot without the puck and I, I don't understand what these people see. Like I'm, this was one game. This could have been the worst game of his career that I watched. I'm not sure, but he, it felt like all these little things they say he does. I didn't see him do those things. He let like anytime a leaf was approaching the line, he would let them right in. There was almost no gap control whatsoever. When, they were cycling the puck in deep. It looked like he was just standing there with his stick waiting for something to happen. I just, I don't know. I'm going to the game tonight as well. So I'm going to have more Rasmus Ristolainen observations probably, but I just, I wasn't impressed with his game. You know, um, Jonathan Willis said the same thing. I think it was him. If it wasn't, sorry, but um, he, he watched a few games because he wanted to, to sort of bridge that gap and see what, what people were talking about when they like, on over Rasmus and uh, yeah, he, he wasn't impressed either. Yeah. Um, I wrote something about Gardner uh, for the athletic last a couple weeks ago or so. And I did, I looked at how he did against top competition because that is the thing people say is bad about him. I know mm-hmm. you want to look at the entire body of work and Gardner's is exceptional, but everyone always says he does bad against competition. So here he is against competition. He's doing fine. You are wrong. But what struck yeah. me as interesting was that Rasmus Ristolainen was getting absolutely demolished the most out of any of those top 25 or whatever defensemen I was looking at. He was getting caved in. So, like, there's other defensemen. Um, I saw an argument about Hamas Lindholm versus Ristolainen today, I think. Uh, yeah, I saw that today. About DTM arguing that. And Lindholm was one of the best people on that chart against top competition, whatever that's for. He's so fucking good. He's good against literally everyone. Like, it doesn't matter who you put him up against. Ristolainen is caved in by top comp. Apparently, he he does play a lot more than others would, but he does absolute... He he gets destroyed by them, so I don't see why that's a positive, the fact that he plays against them. The other argument uh, in favor of Ristolainen is that he plays with Georges, who, like, supposedly brings him down... Yeah, Georges does better without Ristolainen. Georges is an absolute tire. Like, he is probably the defensive Jared Bowl. So yeah, mean, no, he, he fucking yeah. He blows. But, like, if your argument is that, like, Georges is the one who single-handedly is, like, bringing down Ristolainen's numbers, then you would expect that, like, yeah, Ristolainen does better away or Georges, you know, does worse away. What do you think of... Uh, Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> I really do not want to have this debate about Kanye West with me. Number one hater. Okay, uh, Tupac or Biggie? Um, I literally started listening to rap when I was in grade 11. So I like I literally hated rap for the longest time. So I, I have not been brought up with this. But I still prefer Biggie because I've actually listened to one of his albums. I don't think I've ever listened to Tupac. Yeah, this album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I'd never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Yeah, yeah. And to all my peoples in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Check it, check it. It was all a dream. Yeah. All right, so I, I, can't, I can't remain silent here. Like, Tupac is not a rapper. Objectively, like, Tupac is just not good. First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. Westside, when we ride, come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I. This music <laughs> not good um, in a vacuum. Like, I, I, I do not understand 
what people like about Tupac. See, grab your blocks when you see Tupac. Call the cops when you see Tupac. Uh, who shot me but your pumps didn't finish. Now you're about to feel bad of a menace. Can you tell us who is good? Because you're, 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 you're saying a lot of people are crap right now. I mean, we hear <laughs> are you someone an expert? who's good. Good rappers. Right now, I'm big into Lil Uzi Vert. Um, I'm still big into Kodak Black. Um, I fuck with Joey Fats a lot. If you don't know who Joey Fats is, his um, Chipper Jones mixtape series is really good. Chipper Jones 2 is a classic. Um, a classic. Chipper Jones 2 is a classic. Fuck a you. Classic. You think otherwise? Young so Tupac so is a terrible like, rapper, but Chipper Jones 2 is a classic. Joey Fats is a better rapper than Tupac. Now I'm about to set the record straight. With my AK, I'm still the thug that you love to hate. Motherfucker, I hear many. Uh, your opinion is under question right now. You are saying Tupac is a bad rapper, and uh, I don't remember. I already you said that, that you don't listen to Tupac. Well. How are you going to, like, tell me I'm wrong? I just think, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think your opinion is under is questionable at the moment. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about Drake? Uh, I used to hate Drake so much, and then I realized that I knew all of the, all of his songs. Yeah, I feel like Drake I just have to admit fine. to myself that I like he's not good. He's not a good rapper. <laughs> his last album was so boring and so long. I didn't understand what he was trying to do to me. But I mean, he makes songs that are catchy. Yeah, like Drake has bangers. You can't take that away from him. Like, how about uh, Lil Wayne? No, no. I used to like him a lot. <laughs> MC Hammer or uh, Vanilla Ice? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I'm going with MC Hammer. Ice, More ice. Vanilla Ice, baby. Just Ice Baby. I feel like you can't touch this a much better song than Ice Ice Baby. Hmm. <laughs> Debatable. I don't know if it is. <laughs> we gotta take it to a Twitter poll. I'm gonna. I'll do one right after the show. We gotta find the truth. Any uh, final thoughts for this? Actually, I have a question. Uh, I'm doing a radio thing on uh, XM Radio today. Uh, any any tips? Because I know you were just doing. I think you guys were both doing radio recently. Or um, no. I. <laughs> did something recently but the only tip uh, i can't give you tips because i'm very bad on the radio and i don't know why people keep booking me <laughs> i don't know why i have a podcast yeah why do you have a podcast i thought it'd be a fun thing to do and then uh did you have fun today i did well there you go that's why i have a podcast You're i had more fun today than uh the other night with mike <laughs> oh god that was brutal I don't think anyone had fun there. <laughs> my my one tip to you, Greg, is not to use the washroom with a live mic. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> Did you actually do that? I didn't. I didn't know he was in the. At first, I didn't know how strong my mic was because I don't. I didn't take the my computer into the washroom with me. <laughs> but, <laughs> All right, you know, like for real, this is what happened. He sends me the link, and he's like. I'm on, I'm on this Google Hangouts, like, join when you can. Mm-hmm. And I join, and I'm like, hello, hello, anyone there? And I don't get an answer. And then I hear a toilet flush. And swear to God, I hear a zipper being done up. It was just this. <laughs> My hoodie hit zipper. Yeah, okay, sure. And I was like, yo, like, you're, tell me you didn't just, like, use the washroom right now. <laughs> and, uh, Yeah. Yes, but like I said, I figured out how to mute the uh, my mic now. So <laughs> you're learning. Yeah, I'm gonna be on uh, XM Radio. Um, you said that. Yeah, I don't know uh, why. Because um, I'm not interesting and I don't have opinions. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a good time to wrap up. This has been Dominic Loose Chicken. I'm Greg Sinclair. <laughs> Not Manny Elk. Manny Elk. Oh. See you next time. Oh. This would be a good time to have your dog howl. Hmm? Oh, I should say I'm Dom L. No, you, it would be a good time for your dog to start howling. Oh.
like she, uh, yeah. she has retreated to the closet and is laying on a pile of my clothing. Good dog. To all the ladies in the place with style and grace, allow me to lace these lyrical dishes in your bushes. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. The back of the club, sipping my wet is where you find me. The back of the club, macking holes, my crew's behind me. Mad question asking, blunt passing, music lasting. But I just can't quit because one of these honeys Biggie got to creep with, sleep with, keep the epic secret. Why not? Why blow up my spot? Cause we both got hot. Now check it. I I got more Mac than Craig and in the bed. Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy. I got mad friends with Benzes. See notes by the layers. True fucking players. Jump in the Rover and come over. Tell your friends, jump in the GF3. I got the chronic by the truth. I love it when you call me Big Pop. Throw your hands in the air. If you's a true Straight up, honey, really, I'm asking. Most of these niggas think they be macking, but they be acting. Who they attracting with that line? What's your name? What's your sign? Soon as he buy that wine, I just creep up from behind and ask you what your interests are. Who you be with? Things to make you smile. What numbers to dial? You gon' be here for a while. I'm gon' call my crew. You gon' call your crew. We can rendezvous at the bar around two. Plans to leave, throw the keys to little C's. Pull the truck up front and roll up the next blunt so we can steam on the way to the telly. Gon' fill my belly. A T-bone steak, cheese, eggs, and Welch's great. Conversate for a few, cause in a few we gon' do what we came to do. Ain't that right, boo? Forget the telly, we just go to the crib and watch a movie in the jacuzzi. Smoke L's while you do it. Honey, check it. Tell your friends to get with my friends. We could be friends. <laughs> Shit, we could do this every weekend. That's right. Alright? Is that alright with you? Yeah. Keep banging. Small, Junior Mafia, represent, baby, baby, uh. 